Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast hosted here at the X in downtown Kakana. It has been a while. Happy New Year to you all. 2019 is here. Nice to see you guys again. Dan, growing the hair out a little bit, I see. Yep. Okay. Looking good. Looking cavemanish. Andy Monday, good to see you. Dan is uh Dan is uh making sure he stays warm by providing some extra coverage. Yes. Definitely. I wish I could grow hair like that still. Well, that's the thing. He'll probably shave his head uh, when the sun comes back out, which is yep. fair. That's an okay right. thing yeah, to do. Uh, we do have a very special guest with us today, Dennis Chase. How are you? Great to have you with us. Welcome to the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. I am great, Matt. Thanks. Great. Well, we'll get, we'll <laughs> We've get talked about you yeah. enough on the podcast, yeah. so it's nice to get you actually on it. Yeah, <laughs> and he's kind of like priming the pump with us a little bit, like, hey, if you ever need anybody on the podcast, I'll be there to help you. Well, <laughs> we got you, so good to have you. Before we dive in. Since we haven't done a podcast in a while, we got through the holidays and everything else. I have a very special Christmas present for Dan. Oh, boy. So we've talked about this a lot. Do you think Dan could edit some Christmas music into this right now? Maybe. Maybe some jingle bells or something? Maybe. I have for you, and you only, your very own copy of Days of Thunder. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. So you can finally watch it and know what we're talking about. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, I'm going to give you a little extra homework off of this. Oh, boy. In our next podcast, uh-huh. you at some point must drop in three quotes from the movie. <laughs> three movie references. The boy okay. ain't got the balls to pass me on the outside. Okay. That's- Ice cream. <laughs> it shouldn't be that really that hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff. There's plenty of stuff. <laughs> I'm dropping the hammer. <laughs> I, I will do that. That's great. And... Uh, by the now, way, do you have a DVD player? Yes, I do. Okay, just checking because I think we're kind of past that in technology now, too. Right. Yeah, just a little. Okay. And avert your eyes when Russ Wheeler's girlfriend is on screen. Oof. Ugh. Ask Kyle Cole about that. <laughs> That's. Ugh. But anyway, back to the task at hand. Great to have you guys all back with us. Obviously, not a lot of Fox River Racing Club news. We know the schedule's coming out. We know that there's a lot of racing happening coming as well down the pipeline. An extra tour race coming to Kakana this year on Memorial Day, Monday. That's going to be triple fifties. Of course, the Tundra race booked for May 11th. So a little extra spring racing for everybody this year. I think that'll be good. We're only just over 100 days out from that, so it'll be coming quick and uh, pretty cool. One of the uh, events we always look forward to, obviously, the Saturday opener for the Tundra Series. I think that's May 11th this year. Yes. Sound about right. Yep. And hopefully... Uh, Mother Nature is nice, so we don't have to race on Mother's Day um, like last year. And then uh, a new event in the spring we have coming is uh, the Arca Midwest Tour is going to have a second date on uh, Memorial Day, and it's going to be a triple 50 event with a little bit different format than we've seen before. So that's pretty cool. I look forward to that. They did that at Ileana 2015-ish, I want to say, and it was CRA versus the Tour, so the 50 CRA, 50 Tour and then 50 combined, and it ended up being a really great race. I remember Andrew Morrissey went in the combined overall race. Uh, so that that's kind of the way, to my understanding, how you guys are starting to break that down is club, tour, and then a combination yeah, of so the top finishers. Without specific details in front of me, it sounds like the FRRC will have our own feature for 50 laps. We'll take, say, the top 10 out of that. The Midwest Tour guys will have their own 50-lap feature, take 10 out of that. Um, for a 20-car feature plus provisionals. You know, you add in some guys from points or previous champions, however they do that. And then you kind of have a best-on-best to race it out, and it's going to be a four-tire show, and um, there's there's not going to be any advantages of 
guys pulling off early in the first feature because you're not going to transfer then. Mm. Um, everybody's going to be on the same playing field. So it's going to be pretty cool. Look forward to it. And that could be a very busy weekend as well because the Bandit Big Rigs are coming to town. And I heard about that. That is... Uh, is Shauna Robinson coming? She used to race those. Is she racing those? <laughs> I will tell you, those shows I have watched online... Uh, they do. They Facebook Live every one of them broadcast wise on their social. media. You know media. what those are, Dan? Yeah, I know what those are. Have you seen that before? I've never been to a live one, but yeah, they pack the house. Oh yeah, every race I've seen. I'm, just I'm been kind of excited. Packed. I thought I saw that they weren't like the date for WIR was canceled on Facebook. I think they may be changing it. Yeah, it sounds like it, they. It uh, might be being. Uh, spun around a little bit I, I because I know they, they've had some scheduling challenges uh, with what they want to do in the area and then obviously it, that's a pretty busy weekend there too so yeah. it might be more beneficial to move that later in the season or earlier or something along the lines just kind of depending when the big rigs come Hopefully the big rigs don't make the track more bumpy uh, yeah. we like it just the way it is <laughs> <laughs> hey you never know they might smooth the bumps out of it they might be so heavy and just Smooth all the bumps down. <laughs> Could be. Well, that That'd is be a busy weekend because there's a tour race on Saturday at Jefferson, yeah. too. So yep. if they were trying to fit that in, I'd, there's only so many race fans. Right. Yeah, It's uh, it could be a potentially busy weekend, but just keep your eyes peeled on that. I, I certainly hope it all works out to get those big rigs here at some point because I think that would be just awesome. Pretty cool. Pretty cool to bring different racing venues back to the track. Um, I do do remember they used to have them here, 80s, 90s. Neil Moss ran one um, when they came way back in the day. My dad used to help him. and um, It's cool they're bringing different things back. Use the track for, for things other than just mm-hmm. Thursday night racing is good to see. Yeah, and you know as, as much racing as we can get in this area, we, we certainly want to see it. You know, There's the people that need to scratch the itch. I know I'm dying to get back to the racetrack here. <laughs> yeah, Dave Motorson, we're recording this for you. I know it. This is scratching your itch, so to speak, as Matt said. Yeah. He's been harassing us to record this for, like, <laughs> That's okay. know, the last eight weeks. And Someone needed to get on us, though. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while since we've been back together. So I think since the last time we have been together, probably the biggest race that we missed out on was the Snowball Derby. Yeah. Uh, Noah Gregson winning that one. Taya coming very close. I think the real story out of that whole Snowball Derby, though, was Noah Gregson and the Trophy Queen. <laughs> did you see that? Well, it all started in the pre-race ceremonies, did it not? See, I didn't see that much. He he made mention about something during the pre-race. Do you remember exactly what he said, Dennis? Well, he said something like he about... he was going to kiss her. Yeah. If I He's, win this... what do you Like, Bob Dillner asked him, what yeah. are you going to do if you win the race? And he goes, well, I'm going to kiss Miss Snowball yeah. Derby. <laughs> well, then guess what? Yeah. He won the race, and... He tried to kiss Miss Snowball Derby in Victory Lane. I yeah. think she pulled away. Got a little bit of a swerve job, but that's then okay. Then he did ask her out, and they went to the, ne- the Truck Series banquet yep. together. So the yeah, rest is le- history. Last night on the Chili Bowl, she was in the pitcher with him. Oh, boy. At their little get-together. Modern-day Tim Richmond yeah. on our hands here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so. There we go, you know. Noah's a nice kid. He actually did come and race at Kakana a couple times, yeah. if you remember a couple yep, of years he back. he was racing for Richie Waters. Yep, and I had a chance to go down and have a chat with him. Nice kid, good sense of humor. Uh, he was actually, he took over the Speed 51 Snapchat at Bristol in 2015. I was down there for circle track at the time, and uh, he's he's got a pretty damn good sense of humor, <laughs> if I remember correctly, watching him run around the media center. 
he likes to have a good time, and it's fun to have a good young, fresh blood in the sport like that. That's yes, enjoying racing and having fun with it. Yeah, we definitely enjoy seeing that kind of stuff. And then Dennis, you mentioned Chili Bowl last night. Seabell yeah. winning last lap pass on Kyle Larson. That's three in a row. Yep. 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 Three in a row for so Larson blew up last year, right? Leading by, by a goal. ton. Yeah, I yeah. think he's, so heartbreak he's lost for Kyle the last Larson, three, hasn't he? Two in a row. Pretty that's yeah. kind of been a trend with Kyle Larson, even in the cup stuff. It, you know, good early and then not so good at the end. But it was a heck of a move. I so mean. Kyle Larson is the Green Bay Packers of NASCAR? <laughs> Maybe. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> at least he makes the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, hey, I'm a Dolphin fan. Let's not even get going here. And, and I'm, so, I'm sorry about your Chargers there too, Andy. Yeah, I'm used to it. I shared that little thing on yeah. Facebook from nine years ago. It's exactly the same thing, so I'm not they, surprised. They look, they look damn good up until then, up until yeah. they ran into the Patriots. They gave it a run. That, that happens over. to a lot of teams. Well, what do you say we have a little chat here with uh, our special guest, Dennis Chase, who has, and Andy, you've you've kind of glossed over the story in the past, very interesting way of how you got into racing. Tell your side of the story. Well, I guess I would start it with my grandparents. I grew up on a farm, and I would get to go to two to four races a year with them, and I'd, I've always loved racing. Um, Dick Trickle, Tom Reffner. That was, you know, who I followed, getting into Butch Miller, Joe Shear, all them guys. And um, that's how I started. And then I loved racing, and I went to a lot of NASCAR races for a while. And then um, I got started sponsoring a guy that would run WCS series back in the day, and that was Andy. And then we built a car together, and we had a three-year run. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to go on my own and been on my own for like 10 years now, eight years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of good drivers over yeah. the years, yeah. starting out with uh, Mike Gardner. Yeah. And, and I've, I've been very lucky with the drivers. Uh, we got, you know, one of the still the Chase Motorsports highlights is getting that 100th win with Terry Baldry's 100th feature win. You know, we tried for three years with somebody else and we got it for him so that was really cool Absolutely. And, and then you know three championships in 16 and it's been it's been really good yeah it hasn't just been at Kakona either I mean you've, you no. took the show at the, the Tundra Series a couple yep. years ago and won that championship but I have to imagine for someone like you being from the area and teaming up with Andy and all the drivers you had that that championship that you won this year just it had to feel like the icing on the cake did you ever think you would get there uh, I was beginning to wonder. <laughs> um, I think the 10 out of 11 years I feel that a car at WIR was involved in a car partnership or owning myself, we always finish in the top five. And I've finished second, third, fourth, fifth, but never could get the big one. So run one red, white, and blue, but still never the season championship. So, yeah, it was – I don't know if it was – a relief, but it was definitely something I wanted to accomplish as a car owner. So, and you guys had a hell of a party afterwards. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we didn't top Andy, but we did have a lot of fun. Uh, I think the I, I last. Don't, I don't think Andy's is going to be topped anytime <laughs> soon. I think uh, the last, so. the last count we had, we went through fourteen cases of beer, Ooh. and I don't know how many bottles, etc. 
plus whatever everybody else brought on their own. So well, Scott Wolf sitting at the bar, he <laughs> took care of three cases of yeah. wine. So. He, he had himself a night, too. Yeah. yeah, but he had to get carried away. So does that really count? Come on. <laughs> Have you ever considered or did you ever consider putting yourself inside your own race car? I actually, Give it a shot. I actually drove on the quarter mile in a Mid-America car. I think it was 95, and I absolutely hated it. Really? I I knew I could never get to a level of winning. I felt claustrophobic. I just, I didn't like it. And I knew to get to the level that I wanted to do, I couldn't do it as a driver. And, I mean, when I was a kid, that was my dream to, I mean, my dream was Steve Carlson had that Phillips 66 car, and that was, I always thought I was going to get to that, but... It wasn't for me after I tried it. Whose mid mid am car did you drive? Do you remember? It was my own, but was? Jim okay. Ducal owned it before me, and they actually have been flipped four times, so that okay. chassis was named Flipper. Yep, I remember that. He had a <laughs> dolphin so. on it. Yep. <laughs> so with all of your involvement now and with the drivers that you've worked with, I know you've kind of done a little bit of uh, going back and forth with some of the chassis builders as well. What's your take on the technology of racing and just how long you've been involved? You, you know, you say the 10, 11 years, and how far have things come since you've started to where it is now? It's almost unbelievable because I feel if you sat out a year, you would be three years behind. And it's like every week you needed to look at some stuff. I mean, over the winter here, you know, I'm seeing Andy's Facebook post already. And, um, you know, everybody works on their stuff every winter. And, you know, we won the championship. That chassis is actually down to a bare chassis right now. And, you know, Casey and I have talked, I don't know, several times, a hundred times about things that we need to improve overall. And because we just know that everybody else is not sitting on their hands. So it is... It has been unbelievable what has went into shocks, bump springs, you know, coil binding stuff, whatever has happened, but you got to stay on top of it and you got to get information from other teams or you got to keep going on it or you're just going to fall so far behind. Talk about your, uh, this kind of segues with that, um, your transition and your relationship with Pathfinder. I know Casey's, Casey's your driver, you know, Casey's been friends with Jason Schuler and worked with them guys for a lot of years. You know, how, how did things go with building the new cars and working with, with uh, Joe and Jason last well, year? Well, Joe and Jason for Pathfinder have been an awesome supporter. You know, they did everything they possibly could to help me out. Um, it helped a ton that Casey had been with them. So we kind of knew a baseline, and now we've kind of went out on our own. And we feel that's the only way you can really get to the top level. I mean, you just can't run what everybody else runs. I mean, obviously, Casey's pretty talented, and that helps a ton. But A know, little talented? <laughs> we tried <laughs> oh, to, just a touch. <laughs> we tried to, you know, go out on our own a little bit. And, you know, I I was actually down at Snowball Derby, and you learned some stuff there. And you just, you know, Casey and I talk pretty much every day about things that we think we need to improve or areas and you know we might come up with 10 or 15 things over the weekend or over the winter but you know one of them or two of them maybe work out at best i mean you know that as well 
Yeah, it's really, you know, me and Brad kind of do the same thing on my team. You know, we might come into a spring with six or eight things we want to try and go forward with, and only one of or, one or two of yeah. them might apply. But if you only have one or two things and they don't work, now yeah. you're, you're far behind everybody else. So, for sure. I mean, this year we have a lot of teams building new cars. We have, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Everybody's trying to improve it. You know, even I'm, you don't want to call them backmarker teams, but you know, teams that have struggled in the past are building new cars and you know have stuff to look forward to. And you know, that's part of the winter. Everybody's got to improve. How do you feel going into next year now, knowing that you have the championship? You know, you've kind of been, pardon the pun here, chasing <laughs> to get to the championship, but now you're going to be the one who's being, and pardon the pun again, chased. <laughs> What's that going to be like for you? It's definitely going to be different. I don't, I don't know if it's more pressure. I mean, it was nice to get that monkey off my back and finally win the championship. But I, I think that Casey and I are actually more driven to try to repeat because people haven't did that lately. And it would just be, you know, I feel Kakana is the best weekly racing in the nation. I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at the talent. I mean, it's quite an accomplishment to win that season-long championship. So you just got to be driven to try to do it. And it's all facets of it. I mean, like you said, guys are building new cars, and they're going to be fast. And, yeah. you know, you got guys like Stralka who finished the season really strong and won that last night carrying the momentum in. Griesbach, rookie of the year last year, really strong at the end of the year. Um, you look at all those things, but then there's a side of it we've talked about on this podcast with luck and maintenance and just the other side of it i mean really you can't afford to have two dnfs because of engine problems or um a brake failure you know things like that so what is kind of your level of preparation during the week with you guys in the shop getting things ready it's every night (laughs) just to race a 35 lap feature my wife hates the summer um i barely see her but i have a very good crew and we each have specific things that we do every week. Um, obviously, that changes if we crash. Everybody's all hands on deck. But there's very specific jobs that each of us do and are, have did for years and are that do well and are comfortable with that. And I, like I said, I have a very good team. You know, Wayne and Scotty and Sam this past year and maybe Scott Wolf this coming year. Um, they're good at their areas, and that's what they stay in. And for the most part, I just oversee everything. But you you got to be there every day, unfortunately. <laughs> you, you mentioned your team and, and working each and every night, and I go back and think of the red race and what happened to you guys and then coming back the next week. Uh, did you think you'd recover from that? Was that something that you thought was going to be a huge stumbling block, or was it early enough in the season that you felt you still had a good chance? You know, What, what was your thought process when you guys were going through that time? Well, it was week, week three. We got the car to make one lap in the feature after a wreck in the dash. Um, actually, my team stayed that night. We worked till 2.30 in the morning, had the car stripped, and I had it down the Pathfinder by like 7.30 in the morning. That car we actually did not race the following week. I used my other car. Um, how did I feel? I felt like we were out of it just because everybody, hardly anybody misses a beat. But then... In, a week later, I looked at points. We were 38 outers, 58 outers, something like that. And I always have this number in my head of 50. If you get more than 50 behind, it's going to be tough. At even 
any point in the season with because usually especially if you have let's say seven quality guys in front of you if you're 50 out and there's one guy in front of you it might be a little bit more interesting but at that point i felt we were maybe out of it but then the next week we come back second quick in time won the feature and i think we cut it down to like 19 or 18 points and i think then i'm like uh, we still got a chance here and you know we were in the dash every week except one and that's the key to frc points really <laughs> i feel so yeah seven that, seven fast times last year yeah, yeah that qualifying huge. we've talked about that how many times on this podcast just how important that is and it yep. just proves to be true every year yeah i mean you know, look at when andy won his and we had four, four while we were in the dash every week except yep. maybe one or two yeah qualifying in the dash are huge mm-hmm. yeah and not even just in the super lates i mean look at how jesse bernhagen won his championship this year how many yeah. did he have this year I put nine okay. nine or ten yeah, yeah it was it was pretty <laughs> pretty incredible how fast he was each and every week and <clears throat> and going back to the red race off. thing you know i think just to uh to wrap that up i think that's what made your guys' season even more impressive last year is you won by 60 points last year if you take the red race out of that mix, you guys won by 100 points. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would have so, made my job very hard. <laughs> and you re- when you really look at it that way, if, if you take that mulligan or that night out of it, um, you guys really had a dominant season and definitely were the deserving car winning that championship. Getting back to the red race crash, that was one of the best experiences in a weird way that I ever had in my racing experience. For your I, checkbook? No, not my <laughs> checkbook, but... Someone Just else's checkbook. <laughs> the the teams that came over and helped were unbelievable. I, I I think everybody in the pit area came over and asked if they could help. Several teams were over there helping just to get us one lap. Joe Wood from Pathfinder came over, helped us. April was over there. I think some of your crew was over there. Brent Stroy. I mean, everybody came over and helped. That was like my wife started crying because she was so... You know, I, it was so unbelievable to her that everybody would come over and help. And I, I thought that was one of the coolest things, even though it was very hard otherwise, but that was the cool part of it. Yeah. yeah, and that's what's really great about our sport. And that's those are the stories that we tell, but we can't tell enough because they do happen for everybody. And I think, you know, that just shows the level of respect everybody has for each other in the pits but not only that for you guys and your team and i think a lot of people saw under what circumstances that accident happened too when you're kind of an innocent bystander that can happen to anybody so really you you really want to help someone out when something crappy like that happens for sure well everybody knows how much time energy and money goes into these cars so you just you got to help everybody out i mean this is a racing community and we're a dysfunctional family, but we're all a family. <laughs> I'm glad you say dysfunctional. I, I thought I was the only one who felt that way. So let me ask you this, Dennis. So obviously, you know, you've, you've won Kakana Championship. You won the Tundra Championship. You guys have had your time in the tour. If you could pick one race, I think I'm asking like a lob ball question here. <laughs> if you could pick one race that you could run and run well, Definitely is, is it the one on your hat? <laughs> Definitely snowball derby. Um, I was able to go the last two years. Um, yes, it is a very money-oriented race, but I felt this year was one of the best races I've ever seen in my life, actually, and I've seen thousands. Um, if you could look in the pack, there was action 
you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, somebody running side by side. It was, I just like that race, that atmosphere. I don't like the money spent by some of these top teams. I wish there was some kind of practice tire rule so it could make it more affordable and maybe not live pit stops. So some of us could go down there. Um, you know, Andy and I always say, you know, well, somebody that wins a Tundra Championship or WIR Championship, you know, they should get five grand to go down there or something. Or we should build a, a supercar against all the Wisconsin All star team. There we go. And because that's definitely where you can see the level. You know, Toby and Ty went down there this year, and I felt they were the best car amongst the giants there, KBM, etc. And it, it felt good. Because I'm glad to see Ty do good down there because I'm sick of getting beat by him up here personally. <laughs> but at least I know that he beats everybody else out too. So. Yeah, he, it's not exclusive to you guys. <laughs> well, Dennis, thanks so much for joining us here. We really appreciate having you. You got a great story, and it's it's always good to hear from not necessarily the guys behind the wheel, but you know the people that make these things possible because it's it's not just the racers it's the crews the owners and everybody so thanks for joining us i appreciate what you guys do too and i you know i just wish we could get the fans from nascar days back into short track racing because that's that's really where the action is nascar's basically a joke to me um the talent is at your local level or your local tundra tour whatever that's where the talent is right now and Somehow we got to figure out how to get these fans back at short track racing and get that on TV, and then we would have some. Absolutely. Yeah, and before be we let you go, you got some nice sponsors on your car that help you every year. So why don't <laughs> oh, you throw great. some names out there of Benny I, and the boys and yeah. everybody else? Benny on Valley Gasket has been with me basically from the beginning. We really couldn't race without him. I mean, he helps out several teams at WIR. Van Zeele and Collision is, I mean, he when we wrecked. Anytime we wreck, he's down there Thursday night picking up stuff already. Um, Lake Park Pub, Weld Specialty, you know, Marty Nassbaum Racing. You know, it, I've had some great sponsors. We're always looking for more if anybody wants to help out. This is an expensive sport, but, you know, I'm very blessed to have what I got. And you got a strong power plant under the hood. Those guys have helped you yeah. out too. Yeah, I am probably the only one in Wisconsin that gets motors from Hamner down in Alabama, but I've got a great relationship with Jeff Hamner now, and they've went through some changes down there too, but he's a good guy. So, and Pathfinder Chassis, I mean, Joe, we've talked about Joe and Jason. They've, you know, they've really had open arms and helped me with anything I need. Excellent. Well, thanks again. Appreciate having you. Thank you. Championship car owner Dennis Chase joining us on the Rumble Over the Thunder. All right, so again, a big thanks to Dennis Chase for joining us down here at the X in downtown Kakana, the proud sponsor of the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. Well, you know, we've kind of hit that doldrum point of the season. You know, my dad and I, we talk on the phone pretty much pretty much every day, most days a week, and it's always, what's news, what's news with you? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> you know, typically during the race season, we got stuff to talk about, but it's just kind of that point in the season. How do you... How do you keep yourself, you know, Andy, watching you on social media and all the work you've been doing on your car, how do you keep yourself energized, jazzed up, and ready to go at this time of the year? Finishing second to Dennis Chase last year. Oh, a little, <laughs> little motivation there. <laughs> no, um, you know, like we talked about in his interview, it is, you know, kind of a year-long sport, and you're working on stuff and getting it torn down and put back together. And, um, 
following some of the other racers and what they're doing, you know, staying on top of things, you know, um, I don't know if we talked about this already a little bit, but, <clears throat> you know, you run into like Brent Stroke, I see him at work once in a while and they, they bought another car from Travis Dassel and they're going to go down and run, um, speed weeks. So they are going to see them here in mm-hmm. a few weeks on down in Florida and see how they do. And I don't think they're running every night, but I think they're going to pick and choose what nights they want to run. And it's going to be a great experience for them. And, you know, right out of the box, a track maybe he's never been at before, their first time doing it. Hopefully they have some success. Maybe they take some lumps, but that's where you got to start to kind of break into other these other series and other things. And that's something that's on my bucket list that I've always wanted to do too. So you kind of live vicariously through other people racing the snowball derby and speed weeks and um, these different events coming up for sure yeah that's uh that's actually a neat event i've been down there before for that and uh it's a neat track it's kind of like if slinger and kakana got together but no <laughs> no dog leg just straight turns and things uh it's, it's bad fast and it's a lot of fun to watch and of course we wish, wish brent and a lot of uh, not Kakana, but Wisconsin guys going down there. Uh, Carson Quapel, Derek Kraus, um, Tundra Rookie of the Year this season, Gabe Summers. He's going to be down there. So. I don't know. I know the last couple of years I've seen Sam Meyer's name. I don't know what his plans are, but yeah. they'll probably have something with the Dale Jr. Motorsports affiliation. I don't know if they're still with them, but that's where he was with the last few years. So that's a name we don't really talk about a lot on the podcast because he doesn't run a lot of super late stuff, but mm-hmm. that's kind of another name coming out of Wisconsin that you're seeing run a lot of these bigger races. Yeah, he's he's kind of a an odd occurrence because he's from Milwaukee, and he raced a couple of the Midwest Truck Series races, did very well in the Pathfinder house truck, the one that Ty runs every once in a while, and they put some other big guns in there. And then last year ran the Cars Tour and the World Series of Asphalt. So you have this Wisconsin kid out of the Milwaukee area down in the Carolinas racing, but not coming up here. So it'd be kind of nice to see him, wouldn't it? Yeah. See what he's got up here? And I think, he, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he ran the Dixie Land. He was last here for the year. Dixie was he in the yep. Kelly Byers car? Yeah, the 12 okay. car. Yep. yep. So it's kind of like sporadic, like. People ask you once in a while, hey, what do you know about this kid? Have you raced with him before? Well, kind of kind of not really, you know, but everybody takes different paths in racing. You know, Danica Patrick grew up only three hours from here, but we never saw her race right. a single super late model, you know, race like that either. So there's Might different ways her. of going about there. <laughs> Just saying. So some of the other things that we're looking forward to, uh, you had mentioned names and drivers and you know, people unfortunately now without rides, or seemingly at the at the time, you know, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, things might have changed. But Johnny Sauter, Ty Majeski, two guys that went took their uh, took their time with the trucks and with the Xfinity, respectively. Not yet in position for rides, and we would probably expect to see them a bit more up here then. Yeah, I think uh, what I've heard so far is Johnny Sauter is probably going to end up running the ARCA Midwest Tour. We obviously saw him at spot events last year with races like the Joe Shear Classic, the Dixieland. Um, he won one of the races at the Dells, I believe, last year too. Um, and then, yeah, with Ty, it'll be kind of interesting with that dynamic with Toby because they got Carson Quapel. Mm-hmm. You know, he won some Tundra races and different things last year. You know, do they come to the track with two cars? Are they doing a little bit of both? How that all fits together? You know, I know Ty loves running the red, white, and blue when he can. Do we see him here at Kakana for the red, white, and blue? Um, But it's all pretty early because I think they want to leave their doors open too 
for other opportunities down south if they come up to. Yeah, and hopefully something does for both of them because they're very deserving drivers. Uh, you know, Ty maybe didn't have the luck that he had hoped for last year in that Roush team, but, uh, I mean, Johnny, champion, and, you know, you don't you don't ever want to see that kind of thing happen. No. I think I, I put it on Facebook. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like of the last 11 years – Sauter had been in the truck series. He finished no worse than fourth, maybe once. So 10 out of 11 years, a guy finishes in the top four, and he's a two-time champion, right. and now he's sitting on the sidelines. That's that's pretty disheartening to see something like that, but that's just a, kind of a sign of the times. Yeah, that's kind of the nature of the beast of where everything's at now. With the, You know, you got a lot of drivers paying to play and not necessarily pointing the finger at Brent Moffitt, who is a champion and does deserve a race ride, but, you know, a lot of the other teams, you got guys that are just – bringing the money along and that gets you the ride you know yeah and we could talk about this at length for a while oh, but we could have <laughs> a really good talk about this couldn't we you know I, it's funny here i'll bring up this little story so friday i went to lunch with john j mayer my uncle and lowell bennett we had lunch on friday we do this once a year in the winter and uh my uncle says to us hey are you guys excited for the daytona 500 come up and that not one of us was very excited about it just because of what we're talking about right yeah. here. It's, uh, you know, my uncle's a very big baseball person. He, he played a little bit of college ball and stuff, and I kind of gave him the analogy. If you turn on the Yankees and Red Sox one night on TV and half the players on the field just pay to play center field and third base, are you really that interested anymore? No. And that was, you know, kind of put it in perspective for him. That's, that's really what the sports kind of turned into. Yeah, and let's, let's hope that at some point – those you know as much as we love our short track racing and it, it always does help to see nascar be successful so let's hope at some point here they kind of realize that there are the race car drivers out there that deserve the opportunities and those are the people that are going to continue to put people in seats because those are the people we want to watch you know i i'd watch nascar if dan Fredrickson were racing <laughs> Maybe not necessarily to see what he does on the track, but I'd certainly like to hear what he has to say afterwards. I'd watch NASCAR if Stephen Nassie and St uh, Stephen right? Wallace were next to each other every exactly. lap. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could get some real fiery personalities, talented race car drivers in there, and I think that's what NASCAR is kind of aching for right now. And you know, hopefully the, they hopefully they realize that at some point. And the question remains, and I think we'll we'll see it, or maybe know the answer in three to five years: is does that make the local stuff more inviting? Does it make super late model? the dirt late model, the world of outlaws stuff, the predominant racing venues that people want to watch, dirt kings, you know, things like right. that, um, versus the stuff that you just see on TV on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, doors open for us, right, as short track racing promoters and fans and enthusiasts to try to reel these people back in some way, somehow, you know, how do we do it? I think if we knew that, we would all be sitting here with 4,000 people in the stands every night. But, you know, well, one thing time to figure it out. To bring it full circle, it sure doesn't hurt if Johnny Sauter and Ty Majeski are right. going to be back running local races. So that, that definitely does not hurt our cause, for sure. It definitely. I think the biggest thing that sets local racing apart, personally in my mind, is the fact that you don't need to get pit passes to go down after the race and actually be around the drivers and owners you can just go down into the pits afterwards and Accessibility. see the people. Yeah, and that's one thing that we as the Fox River Racing Club have been really good about. Maybe not so much this past year because 
Well, we had more cars, so we had more races, which we took more time. But in years past, getting done at 9.30, 9.45, giving people a chance to head down. And I know that the club had uh, had some discussions about trying to get things or how to get things done a little bit earlier this year. So, yeah, you're going to see yeah, it. I that, think we're starting at thing. 6.30 instead right. of 6.45, and then there's going to be a, a heightened awareness to get all this stuff in so people can get down in the pits before 10 o'clock. Yeah, definitely a good thing. Uh, I know I'm always up late on Thursdays anyway, so. Why, Matt? Oh, because you're here. Yeah, because I got <laughs> things going. Well, even normal Thursdays, too, you know. Just getting all ready for Friday. Before we all started this, uh, you know, this madness here. Speaking right. of, so there was a uh, an announcement about Matt and Matt Panier taking a new position yes. as a new marketing director for Five Star. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Been so, fun so far. Has it? Yes. What have you been up to? Well, uh, obviously, you know, we're trying to promote the new body which has been a hot topic of conversation here there and everywhere i haven't heard anything about it nothing nothing Uh -uh. at all no there's a new body (laughs) i I haven't heard a damn thing about it either uh there's a new truck body coming out we're working pretty hard on that that's going to be pretty cool uh the the midwest truck series kind of led that one they wanted a fresh look it hadn't been updated since i think 2002 or four or something like that about right initial it it was well overdue but uh yeah i mean there's tons of stuff going on there it's not just the race car bodies part uh, there's the fabricating and the coatings business as well we're building a brand new building for coatings and we had a helicopter there the yeah other i day. saw your snapchat yeah, you got a helicopter a, bringing buildings around yeah. and apparently much cheaper than a crane a helicopter well cheaper I, than a crane because of where things had to be positioned i guess okay. the crane did it in like a half an hour and a, or the helicopter did like a half an hour the crane was going to take like two or three days so it's just sort of a a nimble helicopter. So we got two FRRC members we could ask about this conversation. You got Taylor Hofschultz, a helicopter right. mechanic. Yep. So we could get his take on this. And, and, then, you, and you had Nate Van Wyken, who's Wyken, a yeah. crane operator. Yeah. So if you ever need something done, we'll have to segue to those we'll guys. We'll have to take a look. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Five Star's buzzing right now. It's awesome. Uh, there's a lot, lot of dirt stuff, mostly dirt stuff. Wouldn't believe it, but... So is a lot of the stuff you do kind of behind the scenes on a day-to-day basis more... Social media, website stuff, catalog stuff. Like, what, what, are, what does a marketing director do? Uh, right Besides now, promote I'm, the hell out of everything. <laughs> right now, I'm definitely just trying to get. We're trying to redo our whole website. Uh, just not so much the look, but a lot of just the function and feel of it. So we got three websites we have to kind of overhaul. That's kind of been my first two weeks is talking to people to get that done. But yeah, I mean. Uh, putting together the ads that you might see as an advertisement in a magazine and promotions facebook stuff tons of tons and tons of stuff good good so that leads me to my next question that a lot of people after they saw that post immediately wanted to know is matt still going to be our announcer twin lakes wisconsin's pretty far away is he actually going to drive back and forth every thursday What's, well, what's what's Matt's long-term plan here? Let me just remind you that <laughs> no more than three years ago, I lived in Wisconsin Dells. This is true. And made it here every Thursday. So obviously working for a racing company, very helpful. So we have discussed it, and the plan is yes. Every Thursday, come back up. You know, whether I go home or work remote or whatever it is for Friday, that <laughs> remains to be seen. But I do plan to be here Thursdays. Awesome. Well, that's good news. We appreciate that. You do a hell of a job for the club on Thursday nights, and uh, I think a lot of people, when they saw that, were excited for you, but then concerned for the club I, right I, in the same hand. I, going, I just can't Uh-oh. see, like, what I would do on Thursday nights during the sun, like, you know, 
have to be trying to watch people's Facebook lives or something. Yeah, you'd be on yeah. uh, Eamon's uh, right? um, Race Pal. Make them, FaceTime, make them FaceTime me out the window <laughs> in the tower. I just wouldn't be able to handle that. We have the technology there. to do the podcast remotely. There we go. Well, and there, you know, there, there's some new things in the works for uh, the video side of things, too. So stay tuned for that. Oh. That Are is, we going live? When, when we, uh, we doing live? That's what yeah, we in the industry call gotta, a tease. I gotta, I gotta talk with the officers about it, and maybe in Danny and Ginger, but there, there's maybe, maybe I'll talk to the people on the track. Yeah, they you might well, care. You may want to have a conversation. Such a bad. Uh, they, they may not. They may like it a little bit more than what the officers seem to. But uh, I got some plans that I want to put into place, and we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Spill the beans. Nobody listens to this anyway. We've said it a hundred times. Well, I kind of was thinking about live streaming all of, well, as much of qualifying as I can get because I still work the back gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't get up to the tower until about 445. But from there, I'm thinking about trying to stream all the way until heat races are done. There we go. Well, qualifying is a lot of fun. Yeah, we got a good announcer that helps create a lot of drama with qualifying, so make sure you get mad in that, too. There we go. Don't I get mad yeah. in the videos? You guys are just pumping <laughs> air into my tires a little too much here. Let's <laughs> slow it down a bit. We don't want you to move to Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. <laughs> well, I'm not. There's nothing to move there, too, so uh, i got to kind of find somewhere else a little bit close to the area. Look, but, in, look in Kenosha. There you go. Yeah. Keno. Yeah. Quick, quick way to get to Milwaukee, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad of an area there. Yep, right on the interstate. So before we we kind of wrap this up, you mentioned the Gen Six body. Yeah. So should we talk a little bit about that at least? Because we, there's we probably can. some listeners I mean, going. Obviously, what is you guys the are big know deal my position here? on this already? But um, I, I guess just forty thousand foot view of this whole thing is five star and AR along with some others, formed the ABC committee back in 2004. And Five Star decided a few years ago that it was time for an updated look. Uh, Not always easy when your competition is on a committee to try to get that done. So things went back and forth, back and forth, and finally Five Star just said, okay, you know, we've gone by every letter of the ABC handbook that we feel. So we're going to develop this, and we want to we want to put it out. So they did wind tunnel testing, all the sorts of things, and had somebody from Furniture Row Racing come in and check it and say, okay, these things are pretty much the same. You know, that's where the debate lies right now. You know, some people believe that, some people don't. The data's right there for anybody who wants to see it. Uh, I think the biggest thing right now is, and this is kind of our direction, we just got to start getting these things on the track. you know. And you and I have had this discussion away from the podcast and just had it with Dennis too. We're kind of at the stalemate now where I think the only way we're ever going to figure out whether or not these things are equal or not equal or whatever, which they, by all accounts and sciences they should be, just going to have to get it on the track and see what happens. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, for, for those of you listening, the Fox River Racing Club has um, not approved the new body for this year because it, we've followed the ABC rules since uh, they came out in 2003, 2004. And until the ABC committee approves the body, we're not allowing it. However, 
Um, you will see it at Kakana for the Tundra Race, mm-hmm. May 11th, the opener. Probably anticipate half a dozen guys maybe have it for that see, race. I, I don't I don't know that it's going to be that many. That I many? Okay. At, probably at least two or three. And I think once we get to that point and we see it on the track, there would be nothing better than to see a guy with the old body get fast time, but the guy with the new body wins the race, but then it's split in the top five, right. and now everybody can have a beer together and just move on with things. So. Yeah. Um, everybody agrees it's time for an updated look. Um, I think it'd be really cool to see some differences between super lates and limited lates, where if the super lates eventually are on the new look and the limited lates stay on the old look, um, you could see some differences there. But um, until everything gets ironed out with yes. approvals and the process um, and just seeing it on the track, like you said, I think that's going to be the big next step. in my mind we're going to be sitting here you know january whatever day it is today the 21st 2020 and this is going to be water under the hindsight bridge. yeah <laughs> it, just things in the past and, and by the way I should now we'll ma- go back to motors yeah. <laughs> motors and chassis <laughs> yeah I, I should mention as well that five star uh you know just in the conversations that we've had since i started there we're very much still on board with what the abc intention is so don't think that anybody's trying to turn its back on ABC. It's just trying to get an update and trying to trying to uh, you know move this body to the next generation, so to speak. Uh, but still, there's a lot of importance in making sure that everything's done uniformly, whether it be an AR body, whether it be a five-star body, whether it be the new, the old, whatever, to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So, you know, there have been some rumors that five-star was trying to chuck the ABC committee out that's not the case at all. That that ABC rulebook is actually probably going to see a little bit of an update here. Um, you know, if we can get it all together with everybody and, and be happy with it. But, uh, you know, we five-star and everybody wants to still see this uniform ABC committee together because it, it is very beneficial uh, for racing yeah, absolutely. as a whole. Absolutely. We've so. gone 14 years under the same configuration, so... It has served its purpose, right. which was to not be changing everything two or three years. And, you know, the biggest thing I think part of this plays into it, too, that we've tried to protect here locally at Kakana is racing is such a monkey see, monkey do mm-hmm. sport. And if we get a few top guys that come out and say the body's approved and they run it, now all of a sudden, you know, you get some guys like right. a, a Matt Whitman or, um, you know, a, a Trevor Vandermolen, for example that they say, well, I can't compete unless I have that. And then do they reach across where they say, I'm just going to sell my car and not race anymore. Yeah, and you know, and you no hate to see, to see that. No so you don't wants. want to f- uh, force the hand, even if there isn't any advantage for right. the data from what they see on the track and just seeing that all the top teams have this, so I got to have it. We see the same thing already with shocks. We see the same thing with chassis. You hate to see it now happen with bodies. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and that that's direction. kind of a, you know, that's a really slippery slope, too. I mean, uh, I heard a story of uh, from Eddie Kluka and said, you know, Dick Trickles told him, he said, watch this. And he went and sprayed silicone on, the, on the walls of his tires, <laughs> and the next week four other guys did it. So, you know, everyone's going to kind of look at the top guy and say, what do I got to do to be that guy? I get it, but, you know, at some point, you know, when do you just – got to sit back and say okay got to stop so yep i get it i i get that full heartedly <laughs> trust me it'll I, be a transition I'll year. put i'll put my promoter hat on and i and i've <laughs> seen that over and over again so i i know exactly where you guys are coming from there for sure 
So just stop buying stuff. <laughs> That's all I said. That's all I can say. Just stop. If a racer has money, he will spend it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's another thing too. When we tell you you can't buy a new motor, you go buy a new hauler. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Crate motor, then you get a, a six thousand dollar transmission and rear end. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Someday, someday we could have a real good debate on this kind of stuff. But, but if you spec everything out the other way, then we just have an IROC series. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then you know you start chasing manufacturers and things out of the industry too. Yeah. You know, if everybody went with crate motors, then what would happen to B and B and comp cams and all those folks so you you definitely don't want to go down that road no, either for sure yep. so speaking of crate motors yes i don't know how much time we got left here dan oh, we're at 48 <coughs> minutes so but, i mean uh, yeah it ain't bad one thing from a rules perspective that they've talked about in the meetings is to try to rebuild our limited late late model class mm-hmm. uh car count's been kind of in that dozen mark plus or minus two or three um You've had some attrition over the last few years of guys moving up, Jake Carpenter, right. Tim Springstrow, um, guys like that moving Corey Manders up onto the half mile, and there's been nobody really behind them to replace them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like with their rules they're going to try to push more of a direction of the 602-604 crate motor into that class. And uh, since we're talking in January, uh, there's a rumor that a former Tundra winner might Uh-oh. be back racing with us at Kakana uh, up I, on the half mile. I haven't heard this one. Um, it's a very talented female with the initials RM. So oh, okay. Keep your eyes on that. Very good. You see that. It'd be good to get some good talented driver like her back in and and uh, see how that progresses with that class. Yeah, that would definitely be uh, interesting to see her come out here. I mean, lives in Oshkosh, so not too far, and then I think she still got all of her race program Up stuff in here, so yeah, yep. yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic to see. It would be great to see, and I know this is something I talked with uh, Clint a little bit. Um, they're trying to maybe push the rules a little bit more so. So if somebody, let's say, uh, somebody started on like a Kelsey Hayes, mm-hmm. started on the quarter mile with the quarter mile eight models with a six oh two. And then eventually said, okay, I feel good here. I want to move up. That they're kind of starting to maybe push those rules or think about how they can Trying get to those mend rules. them more together. Yeah, so if somebody was, you know, did their time on the quarter mile and maybe they wanted to try two or three races on the half mile. And I think that's a good direction to go. Yeah, and it sounds like that's what they're really looking at trying to do. And even not your younger generation drivers, but take like a Tom Sparowski. The, the seven races that the quarter mile late models did last year. The races they're not running on the quarter mile, he could just change gears and bring that car and race mm-hmm. it in that class on the half mile. So looking to how to try to merge those two things yeah. together um, just to keep the car cone up and the class going. Yeah, that can only be a good thing yeah. from the standpoint. So Jake Zielinski, you yeah. know, he already ran that division. You know, There's right. another guy, Jerry Schneider. He's got a lot of laps on the half mile. So Yeah, and a lot of those cars are... They're racing seven times a year on the quarter mile, right. and the other races maybe they could come up for red, white, and blue or whatever mm-hmm. else. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, uh, it sounds like the Sport Mod's on the schedule twice this year. Is it twice? Twice okay. instead of the three times, and they were thinking maybe they might bring them up to Norway uh, as part of the Triple Crown. But That would make sense with Joel. Then, yeah. <laughs> two Joel here and one up there. And then uh, and Osterman, too. Who, John Osterman, who came down and uh, ran our Triple Crown here. He did, yep. And he's also one of the <laughs> board members up there. <laughs> it's Dart Day. Yeah, we got a Dart tournament we going got dart on, day. so... Very you hear F-bomb in the background. That's not that's Very not competitive stuff. <laughs> Dan's a good editor, though. I try. <laughs> we'll see if he does it. Yeah. 
Probably not. He, he'll probably enhance it. There we go. Just cut <laughs> everything it. but that out. <laughs> be the only That's thing you hear. All that our podcast is going to be this week is just that outburst. What, do, that what outburst. do you guys think about the current status of the Gen Six body? F. Yeah, oh, that's what he's yeah, going to put right there. Yeah, he's he's going to edit it so I say that, and then <laughs> I'm going to go into work one day and get sat down, have a little meeting with HR. Yeah, maybe I won't have a very long ride <laughs> back to Kakana every week then. Oh, so what do you say, boys? Should we put the wraps on it and uh, see? Also, we want to mention uh, there are three champions that we've yet to touch base with: Craig Van Wettering, Andy Miller, and Corey Kempkis. Uh, we did try to reach out to them, unfortunately, because we kind of put the podcast together pretty late in the game. We weren't able to get them, but we're going to do our darndest to get them on the next one so we can have our chat with them. Corey, Corey was available, but I think he's just too shy to do it. Remember we had him on one yeah. time? He, he did I think fine. He, I know he did fine, but it's just not his personality. So, so should we get Jim instead? We'll get Jimmy on here. There we go. Or we could get Aaron on here. Yeah. He owns a five car, so. That'd be good. We'll get somebody. <laughs> yeah. We'll get somebody to represent that team. We'll just have to trick them and say we're just meeting at the X for drinks. You should come right. out. Yeah. And then we just we'll pull them in. Duct tape them to the chair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Fox River Racing Club is getting ready to go. Twenty nineteen. Uh, I think we've updated the website again, haven't we? Yeah, it changed hands from uh, from um, Tom Janikowski, who did a great job doing it. Um, he's been tied up with some different things work-wise where he's not going to be able to continue. Um, so they do have someone else yeah. jumping in to do it, so they're going to try to revamp it a little bit again. FRC.us. That's it. And if that doesn't work because they changed it again, you can go to the Fox River Racing Club Facebook page, and I'm sure that'll direct you to where you want to go. So let's get going here. I mean, it's, it's January. I'm tired of winter already. I want to see so some racing. It'll be here before you know it. We'll yeah. have speed weeks. We'll have uh, a few other races. Oh, Scott's bringing us pizza. Yeah, there now. we go. Delivery right at the end of the podcast. That's great timing. <laughs> Speaking of rolls, we're going to have to make it 60-40 left side. I'm going to eat this pizza right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, make it a little heavier on the left side. That's all right. Uh, all right. Well, we thank you all for joining us, and hopefully we catch up with you again soon. Until then, stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs>